You are now listening to Chakras and Shotguns. Welcome back to Chakras and Shotguns, episode 52. I'm Mick. And I'm Jen. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good. You know, we got the the house showings going on. I feel like a vagabond having to grab my shit. Like every time we get a little <laughs> text saying somebody's coming to, to look at the house. But, you know, other than that, I'm good. It feels like we're squatting. Yeah. Like and like we the real owners are about to come home. Yeah. Like we don't really live here. Make, like, sure, <laughs> make sure it doesn't look like we live here. <laughs> Pick up your dirty ass socks. Run. <laughs> Is that a cup? Pick it up. Yeah, so we've been dealing with that, having to gather the dog. I feel like the Juneteenth holiday took us by surprise on Monday. Woo, you want to get into that? <laughs> I rolled up to the daycare for our youngest, and with no cars in the parking lot, I said, oh, shit. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm irrationally very angry at Opal Lee. <laughs> also known as the grandmother of Juneteenth, because she just had to make this a federal holiday when it's for Black Texans. Mm -hmm. And my Black Texan ass did not even get that day off at work, but my daughter's daycare is closed? How am I free if she home with me? Okay. We were going to barbecue anyway. Black folk in Texas were going to parade anyway. We didn't really need the holiday. But, you know, if that was that lady's life mission, all right, go for it. I'm glad. Mission accomplished. Anyway, uh, Love Island is back. That's been a bright spot. So we've been enjoying catching up on that. If y'all not watching Love Island, you're missing out. It's it's the, the peak reality trash TV show that's out there. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a good one. And then, ooh, we had an anniversary. Our one-year anniversary of the podcast was June 21st. Mm -hmm. So that's exciting. Yay. I'm going to order ourselves cupcakes. Thank y'all for rocking with us for a year. We appreciate the love. But yeah, other than that, we're just juggling a lot. Big weekend for my mom's birthday this weekend. So never a dull moment, but we're we're flowing like water. We're mm. we're keeping it easy. We're calling on our spirit team to move obstacles out the way and whatnot. Yes, yes, indeed. There's a a card from a deck that I have a, a oracle card deck, and it's angels. And the one that I like have as my phone screensaver is just black. Angel, who's bald. I guess he kind of looks like me. My daughter thought it was me when she, when she saw it on my phone. But he has, like, water in his hands, and it's just, like, reminding me to flow like water. Because I feel like there have been a lot of challenges, big and small, that have come up in the last couple of weeks. But we've been able to kind of navigate around them and kind of just keep things going. So, I think I'm going to apply for a Ph.D. in logistics <laughs> because... That's what we've been doing the past few weeks. But on that note, Meg, would you like to do the breath work? Yes, let's jump into that. So I've been kind of going back and forth 
about this breath work. It was on my mind today. There was a little incident that we had at the Whole Foods. And I was like, am I going to talk about this on the podcast or not? But I'm going to go ahead and talk about it. So I think as I've grown in my spiritual awakening and on this journey, I have tried to open myself up to being more generous, being more kind when it comes to interacting with with strangers. It happened in Miami. We were in a crystal store. Mm, mm -hmm. And out of nowhere, this dude just like beelines into the store. We're the only two people in the store, us and the clerk. And he beelines straight to me. And he's like, God bless you. He's like doing the prayer hand pose. And it's just like, yo, can I get a couple bucks for something to eat? So I'm like, cool. I give him some money. No problem. Felt good about it. Kept it pushing. Right. So that today in Whole Foods, similar situation happens. Lady rolls up and she's, you know, hitting me with the prayer hands. She's asking me if I speak Arabic. She gives me some kind of blessing in Arabic. I hope it was a blessing and not a curse. And then proceeds to say, you know, she has a little girl with her and another woman. And she's like, I got these groceries and I can't afford them. And it's my little girl's birthday. I'm trying to get her a cake. Gives me the whole sob story. Mick, a few years ago, would have been like, sorry, I can't help you. I'm keeping it pushing. But I'm spiritually evolved. I'm opening up my heart chakra. Mm -hmm. I'm like, all right. So I actually get this woman $20, y'all. $20. Which... It's like, okay, cool, you know, I got it. I'm blessed you today. It's all good. Wait for it. Then she says, Oh, we need more. Can I have 20 more, please? You asking for more money? I said, nah, I can't be with that. That's all I can spare right now. Is this 20? I thought that was ludicrous, but I was like, all right, I'm 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 just gonna let her make it. So we do our rest of our shopping. Come to the self-checkout line. They happen to be right there. And of course, the the next machine that opens up is the one right next to theirs. This lady didn't say no. Oh, thank you again. She refuses to make eye contact. When it comes time for them to pay for their groceries, she pulls out a wad of 20s and proceeds to pay for her, her groceries. And it took everything in me not to say nothing. Because I low-key, I, I, was, I was hot. I was like, yeah. you hit me with the sob story. And you got more money, you got more cares than I got in my pocket right now. You know what I'm saying? But then on reflection, I had to really like think about what that lesson was for me. And what, what I took away from it was, it's not about the other folks, right? It's not about the outside forces. Like you walk your, your journey, you walk your path and continue to show up with compassion and kindness. Mm -hmm. Keep your heart chakra open. Because I think my knee jerk reaction was, All right, I'm not. Next time I see somebody coming mm -hmm. up to me, asking me for money, it's a no. It's a no for me, dog. But I said, nah, I'm going to continue to keep my heart chakra open. So I said, this is a long ass story to say. <laughs> For this breath work, I want us to focus on the heart chakra. So we're going to do a little visualization exercise focused on compassion, love, and our heart chakra. So let's get into it. Everyone sit up nice and straight. And we're going to start with some grounding breaths. Let's do three, inhaling through our nose and exhaling through our mouth. Inhale through your nose, 
and exhale through your mouth. Inhale through your nose. And exhale through your mouth. One more. In through the nose. And out through the mouth. Now let's all bring our awareness to the center of our chest. Right in the middle of our chakra system. Let's just focus for a couple of breaths here. Feel your heartbeat. And now I just want you to imagine light coming from your heart, circulating throughout your entire body, pushing light up all the way to the top of your head. pushing light down all the way to the tips of your toes. Let's just stay here for a few seconds. Imagine that light getting brighter and brighter with each heartbeat. Feel that light continue to radiate. Feel it radiate on your skin and continue to push outward. I want you to feel the light brightly shining around your body and filling your aura with love, compassion, Let's just sit with that for the next couple of seconds. All right. Let's end with an affirmation. I exude compassion and light to all those around me. We'll end with a nice deep breath into our nose and out through our mouth. Slowly open your eyes and we'll get back to the show. Thanks, Mick. A couple of small notes on that story. One, I love that you initially called it the Whole Foods. <laughs> I love that. I also wanted to point out that you thought her appeal for more money was ludicrous. And I was like, Luda was there? Like as in the rapper. Like Did, I Did you forget that that wasn't actually a word too? It's not that I forgot. It's that the brand is so strong <laughs> that... That adjective means nothing to me. <laughs> if we're not talking about Fat Rabbit, that's... Oh, well, I can tell you another ludicrous song was running through my head when I saw her at that. Okay. 
I know where your head is going, but we're not going to do that because this is a love and light podcast. Okay. I honestly thought she knew you. Because she rolled up on me like we were old friends. She did. I thought she knew you. I heard you say something about Houston. And then I was like. She asked me where I was from. And so I thought maybe we like went to high school together or something. I, I didn't know. I thought maybe you had on a Houston shirt. And then I looked and I was like, he wearing a Juneteenth shirt. Anyways, back to the show, okay? We are super excited to have this amazing person on the show today. And that person is, drumroll please, Marcy Barron. Marcy is an author, energy healer, Reiki master, body code practitioner, and a past life regression therapist. I have wanted to do a past life regression session for quite some time. And I was like, how in the world do I even find somebody to do this? So I reached out to Melanie Esperon, our fave, and she recommended Marcy. And I had a session with her. Mick had one and we were completely blown away and we knew we had to have her on the show. If you want to hear about our past life regression sessions, we created bonus content for the Patreon. And yeah, you can find it on there. So patreon.com slash shockers and shotguns. So check that out. It's it's amazing going back through our sessions, comparing notes, and really just getting into how vulnerable and powerful this type of therapy is. Marcy's goal is to bring deep, transformative healing to as many people as possible. She's also the host of Mondays with Marcy, a weekly podcast that Mick and I were recently featured on last Monday. So that was a first for us. So that was very exciting. All right, guys, we're going to get into the interview. One quick note, we wanted to give a trigger warning to the listeners because there are mentions of sexual assault and suicide in this conversation. Thank you, Marcy, for joining us on the podcast. If you could tell us a little bit about yourself, tell us about your background, that'd be great. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. Um, My name is Marcy Barron, and I call myself an energy healer. And what that means is I work with people through their energy field to help heal them in mind, body, and spirit. So it's a different entry point than, let's say, body work or therapy, which is the body and the mind, respectively. This is working with the etheric field. So particularly, my background is teaching. I am a traditionally trained teacher. Excuse me. And, whoa, as I'm clearing things, excuse me, stuff moves in my throat when I feel things resonate, when I feel blockages, it's actually a system that tells me something is coming up to be cleared. Again, so interesting, right? But my background is traditional teaching, but that wasn't what led me on this path. What led me on this path was my own pain, my own suffering. I was actually in a victim state mentality of why is this all of this trauma happening to me. 
And it wasn't until I went to see a medium who connected with my son who had passed away. He was, he is in spirit form. And she told me two things. One was it advanced his soul to die. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? (laughs) And he's here to support me on this healing path. That was number one. And number two is I should go see this energy healer. And when I went to go see this energy healer, I experienced such a profound experience that 20 years of therapy, it, it, it like paled in comparison. So my curious nature was like, I need to learn about this. I need to have, know how to do that. And I was reading and taking trainings and doing all of these attunements and ways to learn how to channel energy so that I could support people the way that my mentor, my healer had supported me. And it was through my own pain came purpose. Oh, wow. Before, <laughs> before I'm like, I have some questions. You're both like, wow. <laughs> I know. Before you saw that medium, what was your experience with, you know, things of that nature? I guess they say like the woo-woo of it all. Yeah. So I had been a very tuned in child, a very sensitive child. And I was able to explore that when I left my home on Long Island in a very dysfunctional, divorced parents. And I went to college in Vermont. And my holistic health class was they brought a shaman in and did shamanic drumming for us to meet our spirit animal. Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah. I was talking with my holistic health teacher about all of the astral projections I was doing every night and leaving my body and going out into space. So it was a very safe environment to explore the woo, if you will. And then, you know, it's kind of then the veil became very thick as I left Vermont and went into, you know, everyday reality of like, oh, I've got to get my shit together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it like, literally, my whole crown blew open when I was in Jerusalem, in Israel. I literally, like, the vibration was so high there. And like, you're literally plugged into the wall of consciousness, the like the energy of consciousness that I mean, I, I, it took, that's when I finally saw the energy healer. Cause I was like, I don't feel the same since I came back. Mm. I wasn't in my body. Was that like a vacation or just a trip that you decided to go on on a whim or? No. So I went on like what they call the mommy birthright. And it's a beautiful offering that women of Jewish descent are gifted to be able to explore our Jewish roots through this program. And yeah, so it was actually really cool. And what I've realized though, since then, it's like, while I, I know, um, tuned into my Hebrew roots, like I am everything I have experienced all cultures, I've experienced all religions, I've experienced opposite sides of the coin, if you will, of my humanity. And even now understand my galactic roots, like 
I am not from this planet. <laughs> I know it. I never felt comfortable here. Like it's always been very uncomfortable in my body. It's always been, like I said, out, like go out and leave when I can go through my crown. And I'm like, okay, I am now here to know it's safe to be in a body and to bridge heaven and earth and live that on this earth. Mm. Wow. So many questions I have about that. I think I want to know a little bit more when you were growing up, was there like a strong amount of like religious conditioning that you experienced or no? Not at all. Okay. The only thing I knew, we were like eating Jews, you know, it's like we would eat (laughs) for the holiday and like, that's it. But my mother always did tell me, you are a soul. You are not this body. You are more than this body. You are a soul and your soul is eternal. So it was really open. That's beautiful. Yeah. I think as we think about like how we want to raise our children and want to give them the freedom to really understand that a lot of the conditioning that Jennifer and I received as children really kind of hindered us. And so we want to be able to allow them to experience spirit and the divine in a way that we weren't open to when we were kind of growing up. And so it's great to hear that you had some of that messaging from an early age. Yeah, that's it. If you could just tell your children that they're more than this body and that everything that they feel is that is true for them is welcome here and valid and accepted. I think religion just was a way to try to explain the divine and to try to be a way of control. And as you both know, we are sovereign beings. We are our own co-creating with the universe. And there is no one way to do that. Mm. Absolutely. So you kind of alluded to it a little bit, but I would love to talk a little bit more about past life regression. And how would you kind of describe that to someone who is new to it and is a complete novice? Okay. So I have always had visions of me being somewhere, but never have been in those places. And on this spiritual journey, I just was like, what the heck is that? Like, I'm having deja vus, and I know that I've never been one that I had over and over and over again was I was in this red dress, and I was walking down this alley, and I was attacked. And I'm like, that never happened to me. That has never happened to me, but it was so real, and I would feel the discomfort of it. So past life regression therapy is a modality that I'm trained in, and it is a way to access your subconscious to remember everything in this body or any other of your multidimensional self. So if it is known that we are energy, and energy cannot be created or destroyed, it could be just changed or transmuted, the essence of who we are can never be destroyed. So religion and all cultures have just tried to disfigure out what happens to us when the physical body dies, right? So there are all these theories and blah, blah, blah. So it's like, there's an essence to you that can't be destroyed. So what's happened in the, the way of thinking about reincarnation? 
We could be in other bodies. We could be in other time-space dimensions. We could be in other universes. We could be some sort of essence. And then with that essence, because everything that's ever happened to us is imprinted in the energy field, it, it, it travels with us. So past life regression is a way to access the subconscious mind where all aspects of what's ever happened to the essence of who you are can be accessed. And it is an amazing tool to uncover why was I having that vision? I was raped. I was I had a sexual violation that I was carrying and a fear. And when I access that, not only just sometimes like with traditional psychotherapy, when you're able to access a painful memory, you heal from it. I've taken it a step further. For me, I was downloaded a way to access how to retrieve the soul fragment that might be stuck vibrating in that time-space dimension. And what I mean by that is, again, in traditional psychology, there's a dissociation, right? It's like when traumatic things happen to us, we leave our bodies, we leave. It's like the flight, freeze, right? Fawn, response, or fight, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is the flight when you literally leave, you dissociate. And there's a spiritual thing that happens. A piece of the energy breaks off to protect itself. And what I've been downloaded with is a way to retrieve those fragments that are frozen in time and space because they're always communicating with us, right? If there was a, that's why it just kept coming into my brain. It was like there was this like panic, this fear that I was vibrating in that past life trauma. Let's talk a little bit about what that looks like if someone were to get a session with you, someone who, you know, has maybe never done this before, what would they, what should they expect in a session? So it would be like, basically I say to everyone, have no attachment because you don't know what's going to come out and just trust what comes. So for a lot of people, this, the books they've read, maybe it's Brian Weiss, maybe it's Dolores Cannon, videos on YouTube, whatever, they are, it, it's a visual thing. It's like, it's like the telling of a story, like if you were to be watching a movie. And I and a lot of my clients don't get their information that way. It's a way of accessing meditation, relax, just relaxing, relaxing, relaxing. We go back on the timeline a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. And then we go through a door into a past life or a spiritual state. One of my past life regressions that I experienced, I didn't even have a past life understanding. I just went into a spiritual state and the whole time I was held in my grandmother's arms and she's, she's up in heaven, you know? So that was what my soul needed at that time. I've had sessions with clients that the medicine was in the childhood memory. The medicine was in utero. Again, so it's taking back to different times and having no attachment to what that looks like. And then after we, you know, we debrief and discuss what happens. 
Would you classify the relaxation process as hypnosis or is it different from hypnosis? I would say it is. I would say it's a hypnosis. And hypnosis can be a scary thing for people. But again, hypnosis is just the brain waves are slowing down. And if you just think of it as in that basic state, like you're just in a very relaxed state. And when you're in a meditative, relaxed state, your consciousness can open to unbelievable things. Hmm. Yeah, I I knew... It wasn't going to be like you are getting sleepy and, you know, doing the, right. like, the swinging clock or timepiece. I just remember being like, okay, so what's going on? What are we going to... I think I was so excited when I did my session with you. And yeah. I was like, okay, so what's it going to look like? And I was like, you have to relax. You have to like let go. <laughs> yes. That's common. I was like waiting for, okay, what am I going to see? What's going to come out? What am I going to hear? Is, okay, is it coming? Is it coming? So... I hope that this can be very helpful for people to understand what to expect so they can like let all of that go because I had my session with you first and I told Mick about it. And I think that helped Mick go into his and he was like, oh yeah, I was completely relaxed. So he kept jumping. It was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It was like happening so fast. But Jen, your logical mind wants to know right it's your ego trying to keep you safe and it's like oh i'm excited oh i'm curious what's gonna happen so that's a really good question you know Mm. how did you start doing this work i know you say you you used to have deja vu is it just something that you wanted to explore for yourself yeah so i started reading dr brian weiss's books and anybody who hasn't read it if you guys haven't it's called many lives many masters And Dr. Brian Weiss is the preeminent past life regression, I would say, knowledge base authority of the world, you know, so much so that he's been on the Oprah Winfrey show, right? So he was a traditionally trained medical doctor in Columbia and Yale Medical School. And he was then the head of psychiatry in Miami. And his traditional way of helping people was to give them medicine and to do therapy. But he had a patient who wouldn't take medicine and she had all these irrational fears. And so he was like, let me regress her. Maybe she's choked on a grape. Like what's the fear of choking with her? Well, she went back into a past life in Egypt where she drowned. And so, and then as he accessed these lives with her, she started to heal. And he was documenting them. And then she was able to channel an energy that he called the masters that was telling him things about his life. And so here's a real skeptic, a real person who doesn't believe in these kinds of things. And there was no context for them back when it was happening. And it just literally, um, you know, blew him open in a way. So for me, I read that book. And when Dr. Brian Weiss was training um, practitioners at the Omega Institute in upstate New York, I was like, I'm going. So I spent five days with him learning to become a certified past life regression therapist. And that was, I think, like five years ago already. We've been doing this. Like I'm a little, I'm ahead of the curve, you know, is like, there's so much going on with healing and consciousness and all of these things. I've been 
doing this work set for seven years, but my whole life and lifetimes before from what I've connected with. This is a, just a remembering for me. Can you talk about some of your most memorable sessions? Yes. Very interesting things always come up. One of the most memorable ones was a woman accessed that she was raping and pillaging. Yeah. In a, like she was a rapist and a pillager, you know, if those are words. And that was really unbelievable to watch and witness because it was just so painful and so uncomfortable for her. And like, not for me holding the space, because I see, I see so much, I see so many things, but it was like the first time where I was like, whoa, you know, it was like, holy crap. That was a memorable one. And I would also say there was another woman who, when she went in, she started speaking light language. She started speaking, you know, a galactic language that was being channeled through her as a initiate of the Egyptian mystery schools. Mm. Oh, wow. Could she understand later like what she was saying or could could you figure? No. Okay. No. From my understanding, light language is like the feeling you get. It's like a vibrational language. It would be, let's say, if ringing a crystal healing bowl or using my tuning forks on you. It's a thing that's meant to be felt in Mm -hmm. its frequency as opposed to like the logical mind understanding. It wasn't being recorded. It was like, I witnessed it. She knew it was happening. And when she came out of it, she was like, oh my God. And then for her, it set her off in like, okay, how do I bring that through in my everyday life? Mm-hmm. Because is that something that you, like, is that your takeaway? Like whatever life that they're visiting, there's something that they need in that moment to understand. 100%. It is true with every single healing session and especially with past life regression. Your higher self, that part of you that is in a higher dimension, is leading the breadcrumbs to you for what it is that you need in that moment. And I feel everybody that comes to work with me is a divine appointment. There is something that I am able to hold space for and offer that person on their soul's path that is, it's part of the divine plan. And yet, so yes, it is. I wanted to go back a little bit to the client that had the raping and pillaging um, yeah. experience. We know we we talk a lot about, you know, love and light, but there's not a lot of exploration of some of these darker things. And so I'm just curious from your perspective, when you have a client who has like a negative past life or this like, you know, really traumatic experience, what do you feel like is the medicine there or what can they they gain from that coming back up? Yeah. So as the light gets brighter, even on this planet, and we're like anchoring into higher frequencies, the shadow keeps getting bigger, louder, and proportionately more um, shown, right? All of this evil is, and darkness is literally being shown on our planet now. 
And that is true of everyone. You know, if you can look at healing as, and I heard this woman say this on TikTok, it's like not even my quote, but it really has summed up my journey. It's like how healing is not getting better. It's like I'm getting better and you get to a certain place. Healing is literally just having love and compassion for every single part of yourself, even the parts that are uncomfortable. So for whatever this woman was with her, and it's not even negative, it's uncomfortable, it's painful, it's not living in, you know, of like the integrity of how we wanted to, there was something in her soul's journey that needed to witness that, tap into that, and then say, okay, what do I need to now understand about myself, humanity, and, you know, everything in consciousness to, to, to just have an understanding? Because here's the thing. This is what we're seeing play out in the world. Everyone is so righteous and so angry and so argumentative. And the way I see it is it's like a pirate ship, right? So it's like the pirate ship goes up and this one's arguing this point. And then the pirate ship on the other side goes up and it's this point. There's the both ends. There's the both ends of everything, right? There's the, it's like you can see, if you could see all sides of everything and stay in the middle of the pirate ship, which is zero point, that ultimately all of this pain, all of this discomfort, all of this darkness is opening us up to come into full acceptance of all that is, we're going to then anchor into a higher state of consciousness much faster. Because 3D consciousness, where most people are hanging out in like where right versus wrong, making other people wrong for their experience, that's polarization. That's the duality. That's the, that's the experience we're having here on earth. And it's, it's uncomfortable because we are light. We are love and light. But not everything, especially on this planet, is love and light. And we can't spiritually bypass it. For that client, she had to access that. There was something in that experience for her that made her a more compassionate person, something that made her a more understanding person, something that made her have a lot more compassion, really, for for herself and everyone else. And then she went about her life differently in, in like, how can I do good? Like it became like a place for her to then shift her consciousness. It's interesting that you said all of that. I was actually thinking about this. I was like, I don't want to really want to talk about the shooting in Uvalde. But, you know, as we were preparing for this interview, I was thinking, you know, where does that soul go? That soul that did something so terrible. And where did they go? And how does karma play into that journey? Do you feel that your client was it part of her that soul's karma to then be incarnated as a woman like to be yeah. on the other side of that yeah so it's like karma is just a balancing right it's like people are like karma's a bitch well it 
it doesn't necessarily, it's just a balancing. It's a law of the universe. It's just like everything has to balance out. The soul that did this terrible, awful, evil thing, like there is going to be a karmic balancing. There has to be. There has to be. And it's going to be in because this is this is the belief I believe. It's like I don't believe there's a heaven and hell. I don't believe that like we are sent to this place of punishment. That's a control manipulation thing. We all are sent to a place though where we then review the lessons of our soul. We are then understand like and again, it's different, it's different, it's different levels. It's like, even if someone takes their own life, there's, there's a balancing around that. There's lessons around that. If somebody's an emotionally and verbal abusive parent, there's lessons and karmic balancing around that. That person hasn't learned unconditional love for themselves. So in answer to your question, we need to experience all different sides so that we can ultimately come into unconditional love for ourselves and everyone else. So Marcy, back at the beginning, we talked a little bit and you said that you realized you were not from this planet. And so I wanted to talk a little bit about how you discovered that and got to that realization and what that has meant for you going forward. It's very interesting because I never felt comfortable here on this planet. I just always felt this very sad longing for something that I didn't know what for. And as I got older, I thought maybe it was because I was raised in a divorced home with two very different parents and very uncomfortable and all things. But it wasn't until my daughter was probably about four years old when I realized I wasn't from this planet. She said to me, she's like, mommy, I want to go home. And I'm like, you are home, honey. And she's like, no, I want to go home. And I was like, well, where's home? And she goes, Venus. Yep. And I was like, in that moment from my child, that's when I knew that's what I was feeling too. I was the homesick alien and realizing that I'm here on this time at this planet, at this moment to help raise the consciousness of the planet to move into an anchor into 5D consciousness. Like, I have that, um, and I had a reading done by a woman, my starseed chart of like where my galactic roots are. And since opening to that, like I've had one or two clients doing past life regression where they've gone into their galactic roots and not even having it be a past life on this earth. You know, it's funny, I was talking to someone and she's like, you know, I don't believe in in aliens. And if they, if I do, you know, they're not here on earth. And I'm like, really? Cause we're just a ball in the universe. <laughs> like wh- why do you think it can't be here? You know, and it just isn't in her realm of comprehension or maybe it's too scary for her to think about. And, and that's okay. 
Yeah, I think a lot of it's fear. I've I've had conversations with folks as well. And I think I've always been pretty open, probably since E.T. as a kid. Like when I saw that movie as a kid, I was convinced. And I've always loved that movie. And it didn't really require much for me to kind of believe in this idea. And, you know, Jen and I have since read Dolores Cannon's books, uh, where she has worked with folks who have regressed to lives on other planets. And it wasn't hard for me at all to like buy into that concept, you know? Yeah. I think I just got to a point of like, why not? Why couldn't they? Of course they could. (laughs) Why couldn't they exist? And then I think what really cinched it for me is that the government itself has slowly started to release like, oh yeah, we knew aliens were around all this time. Yeah. I'm waiting for the big disclosure. I thought it was supposed to be last year and they just, they, they haven't yet, you know? Yeah. They had a little congress situation but they didn't really say much of anything they just kept referring to like the closed door session that was not a part of the public discourse so right yeah again it's like there's so much that's being shown of what wants to be shown of what's hidden and what's you know and again people it's now you could just see the split of the people who are like i see it clearly or they don't is like this cognitive dissonance. And it's like, all I keep doing is just living in integrity for my sovereign being. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about some of your offerings? Are folks who kind of come see you doing like one session? Are they, are they doing several sessions? Are there other types of sessions beyond past life regressions that people explore? I'd just love to hear more about your work. So currently now I offer one session and packages of sessions. I do think in the near future, I'm going to just actually be going to working with people like over packages and over time. I mean, so much can happen in one session. I literally help people collapse time. But what I find is when you really get to work with someone over time, it's unbelievable what happens. So yes, I mean, I'm able to do single sessions, packages. I host retreats for women, which destination retreats. And lately I've just been staying in my, in my Northeastern corridor here because of the whole thing with the flying and the blah, blah. But that's been amazing because when women go away and are able to be together and only have responsibility for themselves. (laughs) Yeah. It's their, amazing shifts happen. It's it's curated in an amazing healing way. So I offer a lot of different sessions depending on why people come. So yeah, I do past life regressions, but then I have people who like I'm working with a woman, let's say she has breast cancer and we're getting to the root cause, the emotional cause. She exercises, she eats well. It's like the physical is okay. What's going on for her emotionally? What's going on in the energetics that has, you know, something attacking her body in her breasts? Um, I work with people to, I work with a lot of moms actually that do healing proxy for their kids. So as a parent, because your child signed up to be with you as their parent, um, I can do healings with parents for their child. So 
very often, and I do a modality called the body code, and we're doing muscle testing, applied kinesiology, if you will. I do past life regressions. I do just clearing of chakras, cord cuttings, soul fragment retrievals, all the things. It's like my intuition speaks to me and I'm just a clear channel now when I work with people. I wrote a book. I have digital courses, you know, all sorts of things that people can work with me in in sessions and in virtual ways and on a destination retreat. Mm. We talk a lot on our show about how the emotional and the spiritual can manifest physically, which is something that just, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around. Like I, I, I believe it, but I think we've spent so long saying like, oh, well, if you don't drink enough water, this will happen. Or, you know, you think Mm -hmm. what I put in is what impacts what comes out. And we don't think of maybe I have a mother wound and that's how that, you know, I had a, difficult relationship with a parent and now it's manifested in my body this way. Have mm-hmm. you seen in past life regressions? And I was like, full disclosure, Mick and I have been reading Dolores Cannon. Have you seen in past life regressions where someone experienced physical healing? I can tell you my own story. Mm. I had an energetic cough for 10 years. I couldn't stop coughing. And so much so that Israel trip that I referenced, my roommate, she said to me, do you realize you cough all night in your sleep? And I had no idea being a single woman, you know, Mm -hmm. divorced. And it got so bad. Remember when I said I went to go see the energy healer after Israel because I wasn't the same from that trip? That cough, like for 10 years was bad, but like I literally couldn't breathe. Well, I realized in a past life in the Israeli desert, I was smothered and suffocated with a pillow. And that getting so close proximity to the location of where that soul fragment was, when we access that life, then I no longer had that cough the way that I did. So having access that past life where I was literally smothered with a pillow, I had to understand the relationship to the person in my life in this lifetime. Mm. That person was my twin brother in that lifetime. And it was the paternal male authority figure in my life in this lifetime that was always trying to shut me up. Mm. I had no voice uh, growing up. It was his way or the highway. And then it also manifested as a thyroid problem. I literally was having thyroid things. And I was in a a romantic relationship where, again, I was being tested. Are you going to say what you feel? Are you going to speak your truth? Would you rather be loved and accepted versus heard? So thyroid problem, thyroid problem, like numbers off the charts. And it was like the whole experience of, accessing that wound combined with eating a non-inflammatory diet and, you know, understanding that there was inflammation happening in my body, but at its core, I was again, being stifled. So those are two examples from my own life. Wow. I wanted to go back to the story about your daughter. Yeah. And 
really just from the perspective, I see people tweet all the time, like, what's the creepiest thing that your toddler said to you? And like, you know how they're, they're so close to that spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And how can we best support that? I know sometimes unless they give you something concrete, where they they were like, oh yeah, that's my that's my pop pop. I see him all the time, and like pop pop's been dead for like fifteen years. Right. I think people are more likely to be like, oh, there's no monsters. Oh, you didn't see anything, and they shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. How can we keep our kids from <laughs> experiencing the conditioning that we we you know we've probably all gone through? Right. That's a great question. For me, it has been every single thing that both of my children say, I believe. I believe. And it just could be, wow, tell me more about that. Tell me more. Can you draw a picture about that? Tell me words to describe that. You know, ooh, I'm so interested in that. Please tell me more. You know, as parents, so many of us were raised by parents that had attachment of what they thought it should look like and how their kids should act, be interested in what they're doing and the focus on what they're doing and what they're achieving. And for me, it's been unconditionally loving my children exactly where they're at and not putting conditions on, you know, anything and projecting what I think it should look like. My son is 19 years old. He went to college last fall and was so miserable. Like that was not my child. All of his life force was taken from him in being in this miserable place. And he was coming home. He was up in Buffalo, New York, which, oh my God, no, not the place for him. And he was flying home to Long Island every weekend. And we were like, just get to the end of the semester. Like, if you could just get to the end of the semester. He walked in the door two weeks before Thanksgiving. I'm like, you're not going back. And he was like, I'm not. And I'm like, no, honey, you are not going back. I had no attachment for my son to be literally so depressed, so sad, so miserable to even have those, it's like, I don't care. And that's what parents do. They are attached to what they think it should look like. They're attached to how it's going to look or this or that. No, no. Tune into what's right in front of you and love what's there. I mean, you know, my son is the most open-hearted, beautiful soul. Both of my children are. They're just, just empath pathetic and loving, deeply feeling souls. And my son burst into tears. He's like, oh my God, thank you. Like, what do we want as human beings to be seen and loved exactly as we are? And if you could give that to your partner, to your children, to your best friend, to the stranger on the street, that's it. That's all we want. So what I say and I say this as a woman, and I say this, Mick, is like, as you're an awakened man, it's a beautiful thing because you hold space. But when the mother heals and the mother can have that unconditional space for her partner, for even the masculine in her life that doesn't even show up as men in their lives, like it could be women holding the space for the woman, everybody heals. Everybody heals when the woman heals. And she doesn't even have to say a single word. 
because it is the woman's inclination to know in her bones that when she's seen and heard exactly as she is in her emotional state, in her wild state, in her sensual state, in her in her beautiful state and her not so beautiful state, when the masculine can hold space for that experience, the world changes because then there's nothing wrong. There's nothing to be fixed. There's nothing that has to be um, course corrected. It's all here. It's all welcomed. And like I alluded to before on that thing that I heard with some women say, it's like, if we could just love this healing journey, if we could just love our light and our shadow as much, if there's no part of ourselves that we reject, then we can't reject it in somebody else. And we have all that curiosity and compassion for who they are and what, how they got here. That's beautiful. I love that. I love that a lot. Thank you. It's it. You just, you just, the most loving question you can ask anybody, including your child, is how can I support you? Mm. And then that's it. That's the, that's the most loving thing because then they can tell you, wow, okay, how can I be supported? Oh, my God. Well, for a lot of women, it's just listen to me. Mm-hmm. It's like I don't need it to be fixed. Right. The man wants to fix and the woman just wants you to hear. And then we call our girlfriends. We're like, listen to this, you know, and and we can say it a hundred times. And it's like, you know, how can I support you? It's like, can you just just hold me? Just hear me. Just let me cry in your arms, you know, and always returning to that space. Like I said, I have two teenage children and it's very hard. It's always been hard to be a teenager, Mm. but it's like, how can I hold space without putting and what what my projection of what they think they need or what I want to happen or move out of the discomfort for me, mm. right? And it's like, mm, how can you support? It's like for younger children, it's very different than for older children. But in the end of the day, it's unconditional love. And you're also teaching them, one, to figure out what they need, which can be a struggle for many adults to even be able to say and and even know what it is they need. And then to articulate that and verbalize it and like put that out and say like, this is what I need. There's so many people who are so afraid. Well, I can't say that because then they'll say no, or they'll think I'm weird or they won't support me. And because again, we've all been conditioned. Like if I don't fit, if I don't, go with what the authority figure wants. I'm not safe. My needs don't get met. Mm. I won't eat and I won't be loved. So we've all shape-shifted into people pleasers to not rock the boat, to not say what we want, to keep giving, 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 and not being able to receive, Mm. to not have even a, a, a metacognitive understanding of what to say, what we need, because we've been just constantly, all right, if I do this, then my needs are going to get met. And when you say, how can I support you? It can be like, it's okay that you don't even know, Mm. but I'm here when you're ready. I'm here when you get clear. I'm here when, when you know what you need to feel supported, I'm right here to support you. And then it's up to that person if they can actually give it right. It's Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, 
You know, is that something I'm able to do? Is that something that I'm willing to do? Is that something that, you know, I am, you know, it's even possible, but it then opens the way, you know, it opens the way to have that dialogue and just feeling safe within it. Mm. So Marcy, uh, we have a question that we ask all of our guests a few episodes back. We did an episode talking about bug out bags, which are an essential part of preparedness and kind of survival. And so for you, we want to ask beyond kind of the basic things you need for survival, like, you know, matches or your documents in a plastic bag. What is kind of one unique item that you would want to make sure you had in your bug out bag to just make sure you were taking care of yourself from a mental or spiritual standpoint if you had to bug out? It would be moisturizer. <laughs> it's like, I just need them. I need moisturizer. I need, I don't know if it's like, you know, like a thing of coconut oil or, you know, something. It's like, I just need the moisturizer. I just <laughs> need the moisturizer. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go, Marcy, where can people find you on the internet? So the best place is my website, which is Marcy, M-A-R-C-I, Barron, B-A-R-O-N, clears, C-L-E-A-R-S.com. And I'm hanging out on Instagram, which is at Marcy Barron, and TikTok, which is like my new fun platform, which is also at Marcy Barron. I like I like the short it, I had a lot of resistance to it but I like the short format videos right now they're it's able to I mean like I love these deep conversations but like all of like these little truth bombs people are resonating with people like they're like oh I I need to hear that so it's it th- that's where I'm hanging out Awesome well thank you so much Marcy I'll Thank probably you. I'll probably get in contact with you soon to do another session. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, and that do was the same thought session. I had. <laughs> yeah, you guys definitely should, and you both were amazing in accessing exactly what needed to. And that's the thing too. It's like once, like you said, Jen. It's like now you can relax. Like you know what to expect. There's gonna be like, all right, now like now let's really go deep. And that's also why um, I'm gonna be changing up my formats in some way because it really just becomes a safe place of really deepening 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 Mm -hmm. but yes reach out i love you guys you are amazing and i would love you guys to be on my podcast okay we're definitely open to that yeah okay we'll talk about that awesome well thanks again marcy we'll talk to you soon thank you okay We hope you enjoyed our interview with Marcy. She's amazing. Definitely check her out. We will put her website and her social media handles in the show notes. That book that she talked about, Many Lives, Many Masters, I read it. It's a short read. It reads like a narrative. It was fantastic. I think what I appreciated the most is that the author... Um, is a psychiatrist and he's working with this patient and he was initially a skeptic completely. And so he just kind of discovers this real time working with this woman. So definitely check that book out. We'll link that one in the show notes. I had an astrology reading not too long ago and something in my chart indicated that I needed to work through some stuff. So 
I'm going to continue working with Marcy. And don't forget that Mick and I recap our past life regression sessions that we had with Marcy as bonus content on our Patreon. So you definitely want to check that out. It's very vulnerable talking about it. I'm not going to pretend like it was easy to discuss. And I loved going back and forth with Mick and finding out more about his and how he was feeling and talking about mine. So definitely head on over to patreon.com slash shockers and shotguns to get access to that. All right, guys, we're going to get out of here. As always, if you have a question, please email us at shockersandshotguns at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. If you'd like to join our Chakras and Shotguns community, you can support us on Patreon. And finally, if you're loving the show, please subscribe and give us a five-star review wherever you listen. Namaste. Namaste.